can't get that song out of my head. Man, it's just <laughs> driving me crazy. Uh, yeah, so for the last few weeks, we have been looking at the toxic relationship between Saul and David. And we all know that God had a purpose for David's life. He had big plans for David. David was gonna be king of Israel. He was gonna be a really big part of the story of the Bible. He was gonna be an ancestor of Jesus. God had a purpose for David. He had big plans for David. He had a big calling on David's life. But David had this really toxic relationship with Saul. And Saul chased him down, man. He chased him down for years trying to kill him. And I think that toxic relationship really could have hijacked David's life. It could have really kept him from experiencing this life that God was calling him to. It really could have kept him from becoming who God was calling him to become. It really could have kept him from doing all the great stuff that God was calling him to do. And I think that's really helpful to us because just like David, you have a calling on your life. Just like David, God has big plans for you. And just like David, you're, you're part of God's plan. He's, he's called you to have purpose and to do something that's important. He's called you to be a great parent or a great spouse or a great friend. He's called you to serve the kingdom. He's called you to point people to Jesus. He's called you to be a big part of the ongoing, still unfolding story of the Bible. He's called you to live a rich, satisfying, abundant life. In fact, Jesus died to give you that life. And so God's got a big calling on your life and a great purpose and a great plan for your life. And just like David, you may run into some toxic relationships. You may run into some toxic people who wanna hijack your life and who wanna keep you from becoming who God's calling you to become. You may run into people that are so toxic that they wanna keep you from experiencing this amazing life that Jesus died to give you. You may run into people that want to keep you from doing all the stuff that God has called you to do. Now David uh, somehow didn't allow this toxic relationship with Saul from keeping him from fulfilling his purpose. Somehow David was able to, to not let Saul's toxicity keep him from experiencing what God had for him and help him to become what God was calling him to be or do what God was calling him to do. So we've been looking at David's story and seeing how like his toxic relationship and his story might teach us some stuff about our toxic relationships and our story. And so the first week, um, we learned I think a really important thing and that is that who you really are might affect the way that toxic people see you and the way that they treat you. But the way that toxic people see you and treat you has no effect on who you are. The toxic people in your life don't get to define you. They don't get to decide who you are. God defines you. God decides who you are and God says that you're his child. God says that you're created in his image. God says that you are loved and accepted and worthy of Jesus dying for. And these toxic people, these toxic joy suckers, they don't, they don't get to change that by the way they see you or by the way that they treat you. And then last week, we talked about staying safe and setting boundaries with these toxic people because some people are just toxic, man. They're just poison. And we can't let those people hijack our life and keep us from what God is calling us to. And so we talked about setting boundaries. And then today, we're gonna talk about how we can keep from becoming 
like contaminated by this toxicity. How we can, because a real danger is that you're in a relationship with a toxic person and they're very toxic and as a result of that relationship, you become toxic. Remember this whole thing with David and Saul started because uh, Saul was jealous and afraid and angry and we gotta be careful that these toxic relationships don't make us jealous and afraid and angry so that we become toxic too. So we wanna, we wanna look at this because think about this, if David had allowed this relationship with Saul to make him toxic, to make him angry and jealous and afraid, he never would have experienced what God had called him to do. He never would have done all the stuff that God created him for. He never would have become the man that God had created him to be. So we're gonna check this out and make sure that we don't become toxic because of the way a toxic person treats us. So let's put it in like, that's his terms, right? Let's, let's put it in our terms. Um, you've all seen it. Somebody's in a toxic relationship and they become really frustrated or angry or mad or scared of the person that they're in this relationship with and so what do they do? They wanna retaliate, right? And what begins to happen sometimes is now they've become toxic. Just like Saul became toxic when he was mad and frustrated and scared, sometimes these people are so hard on us or mean to us or mistreat us so badly that it affects us and we become scared and we become frustrated and we become angry. So you'll hear people say things like, well, that person is so toxic. They're saying all this bad stuff about me. And so let me tell you what I'm going to tell you about them. Right? This person is so toxic and so evil. They hurt me. So now I'm going to try to hurt them. This person was so toxic with me. They took things away from me. And now I'm going to take something away from them. And we, I think we know it, but hurting somebody out of your pain or out of your fear, doesn't really protect you from these toxic joy suckers. But if we're not careful, it can turn you into a toxic joy sucker. I had somebody tell me one time, um, he said, yeah, you can't believe how awful my ex-wife was. You ever heard that? You can't believe how awful she was. She was so toxic and I was trying to do the right thing and she was just evil. She was just so toxic and so horrible to me. And I said, oh man, that, you know, that sounds really hard. So you know, how are you dealing with that or what are you gonna do about it? And he goes, I'll tell you how I'm dealing with it. I'm not gonna pay my child support. I mean, that, yeah, I know, let's hurt the kids. That'll, <laughs> that'll learn her. Uh, it's like, we, we can't, no matter what she did, we can't, we can't let what she did to us become contagious, right? We can't let her toxicity become contagious for us. I, I, I think we know that, but it's, it's amazing how it happens anyway. People are hard on us, people are evil to us, people are toxic with us, and all of a sudden we start showing some of that toxicity ourselves. And it's not always that blatant, and it's not always even intentional. I think sometimes we're not even aware that the way a toxic person has treated us is beginning to make us a little bit toxic. Um, there's an old expression that says, hurt people hurt people. And I think what that means is, sometimes we're so hurt by what a toxic person has done to us, that sometimes without even knowing it, we become toxic ourselves. And it, it may not even always be directed back at them. Um, this, you know, the Bible talks about the sins of the father being passed on from generation to generation. And I've heard people say, you know, my, my dad was so toxic. My dad abused me 
And I don't, want to, I don't want that to make me so angry and so bitter and so afraid and so toxic about him that I end up hurting my kids. I don't want to become toxic because of this toxic relationship. Or my, my, my mom was so toxic, she humiliated me, but I never want to become that person. I never want to do that thing. My toxic ex-husband, he used the kids as a weapon against me, but I don't want to let that make me so bitter and so angry that I become toxic and start doing the same thing. A lot of times the way these toxic people treat us manifests itself in some weird ways. And some of it's retaliation against them. And some of it's that we just get angry at other people or we take it out on other people. And another thing, sometimes it just shows up because it's not even you hurting people at all, but it, it damages your future relationships. Maybe, maybe you become toxic in that it just becomes hard for you to trust people. And so you can never really have a great relationship with people in the future. Or you can never really love someone else because you're afraid that they're going to hurt you. So you never really have the great relationships that God wants you to have because of your fear that they're going to hurt you. And that's really a perfect example of you just becoming toxic. So we want to be sure that none of that happens in our life, right? We want to say this toxic relationship, this toxic person has done enough damage. And I don't want to become angry or jealous or scared or toxic myself because of a toxic relationship that I experienced. So let's, let's see what we can learn from David's story with the idea that we're trying not to let that toxicity become contagious. We don't wanna retaliate. We don't wanna take it out on other people. We don't wanna be scared of relationships in the future. We don't want this toxic relationship to make us toxic. And again, David's got a great example for us. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 24. And so as we're reading this, just kind, of, just kind of remember what's happened. Saul's been chasing David down for years. He's mobilized the army against him. He's just trying to kill David. David didn't do anything wrong. He's just running and trying to stay alive. And Saul is just chasing him down, trying to kill him. And maybe that's like one of your relationships where you're trying to do the right thing, but they're just chasing you down. They're just persistent. They're just relentless. They just seem to be determined to wreck your life. So here we go. This is 1 Samuel 24, verse 1. It says, after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all of Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. I'm just really trying not to say anything about that. Okay, I'm just gonna say this, one thing. People will say, this is just a made up story. Right? People will say the whole Bible, just a bunch of guys got together in a room and said, let's create a religion and let's make up this story about these characters and we're just gonna create a religion. Here's, here's proof for you that the Bible is real. If you were gonna make a religion and you were gonna write a story of all these heroic people, would you have made the story start with the hero in the back of a cave when the bad guy comes in to poop? Is that, is that what you would have done? Nobody, this has got to be real. You, this is, you can't make this stuff up. This is the real thing. Okay, so Saul goes in the cave. David and his guys are back, back there in the very back. And I have some really funny things to say about what they might have said, but I'm not going to say them. I'm not, because I have self-control. Verse 4, 
So here's, okay, let's get serious. So he Saul's in there. Verse four, now is your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. You see, what, you see what's happening there? David is saying, look, Saul's toxic, right? He's, this, is a, this is a bad dude, man. He's really, 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 really messed up. But I'm not gonna allow that to infect me. I'm not gonna allow his toxicity to become contagious. I'm not, I'm not gonna become like him because I'm scared, because I'm angry, because I'm frustrated, because I'm jealous. I'm, just, I'm not gonna do that. I'm just not gonna do that. So then, verse eight, David comes out afterwards uh, and, and he shouts at him, my Lord the king, and when Saul turned around, David bowed low before him and he shouted to Saul, why do you listen to the people that say I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back in the cave. And some of the men told me to kill you, but I spared you because I said, I will never harm the king. He's the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It's a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. And this proves I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you've been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. And perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you're trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Plus, who are you trying to catch anyway? Should you spend your time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. And he did. Because a couple of pages later, Saul ends up dead. And a couple of pages later, David ends up king, and he goes on to write most of the Psalms and to become you know, the king of God's people and a big part of God's story in the Bible and an ancestor of Jesus, and all of that was possible because David didn't allow Saul's toxicity to become contagious. He didn't allow that to like rub off on him. And so because he didn't, he was able to live out his purpose. He was able to become who God called him to be. He was able to do all the stuff that God called him to do. So I think it's the same for us, right? How are we gonna do that? How, when these people are toxic with us, how are we gonna keep that toxicity from becoming contagious and rub off on us and keep us from what God's got, us, got for us to do? I want us to look at how he did it. How did David not sink down to Saul's level? How did David not become so scared and so jealous and so tormented, right? How, how can we overcome these toxic relationships and maintain our peace and stay on track for our purpose and keep from becoming toxic ourselves so that we can experience what God is calling us to? And I, I just looking at this, I see a couple of key like steps, I think, that David took. So what I want us to do is just see if some, maybe some of these steps might work for us in our toxic relationships. So before we go, think of this. You have toxic relationships in your life. God has a plan for you, a calling, a purpose for you. If you become toxic, 
as a, as a result of that, it's gonna keep you from becoming what God's calling you to be and doing what God's calling you to do and living this amazing life that Jesus wants you to have. So what are we gonna do? What steps can we take to keep ourselves from becoming toxic? You with me? Here we go, it's gonna be three steps, real fast and, real fast and easy. Uh, the first step, I think, is that we gotta see who these toxic people really are. We have to, we have to really, really see them. And remember we talked about how Saul couldn't see David. He couldn't see who David really was, but David sees who Saul is. He knows who Saul is. He, one, he knows he's dangerous, so he sets these boundaries, right, and he stays away from him. But also, he, he doesn't lose sight of the fact that even though Saul was broken, and Saul was tormented with evil spirits and jealous and, and fearful, he was the king. David didn't lose sight of who he was dealing with there. Saul was crazy, but he was still king. And David realized that God had put him there. And that office called for some dignity, and it called for some honor, and it called for some respect. And David showed those things to Saul. In verse five, it says he bowed down before Saul, and he called him my lord the king. I mean, he is honoring this man, right? He sees, hey, this guy may be crazy, but he's still king. In fact, verse 11, he calls him my father. That's like the most respectful thing that David could say to him. And if you're in a toxic relationship, as we said last week, you gotta set some boundaries. You gotta protect yourself um, so you stay safe and also so that you can maybe salvage your relationship. But no matter how toxic the people in your life are, and no matter how big those boundaries really need to be, we have to remember, they may be broken, but they're broken people. You know, they may be tormented with evil spirits or jealousy or fear, but your toxic person is made in God's image. You know, Jesus died for them too. And that calls for some dignity and some honor and some respect. And we've said this before, you know, hurt people hurt people. Wounded animals are dangerous, right? So yeah, keep your space. but recognize the wound and, and recognize the value and the worth and the pain of the person that you're dealing with, even if they don't see your value or your worth. I think the first step to keep from becoming toxic yourself is to see your toxic joy sucker as they really are. And the second step is you gotta know who you are. If you're not gonna become toxic and these people are treating you this way, you gotta know who you really are. And we talked a lot about this a couple of weeks ago, that as a believer, you're not defined by your toxic joy sucker, right? They, they don't get to say who you are. God says who you are. And God says that you're his child. And God says that you're created in his image. And God says that you're loved and accepted and good enough. God says that you were worth Jesus dying for. God says you're part of his plan to redeem the world. God says that you're powerful and righteous and holy to him. That's who you are. And if you wanna avoid becoming toxic, you gotta to remember who you are. No matter how they treat you, no matter what they throw at you, you gotta, no matter who they say you are, you gotta remember who you really are. And that prevents us from becoming toxic. This is gonna probably shock you, but not everyone loves me. I know. I, I'm as surprised as you are. Not everybody loves me, and not everybody accepts me. 
and not everybody even likes me. And you know what? That kind of hurts my feelings. But it doesn't become toxic because I know who I really am. I know God loves me and God accepts me and God likes me. In Romans 5.8 it says he even demonstrated his love by sending Jesus for me. So the fact that people don't love me might hurt my feelings, but it doesn't become toxic because I know who I am. I am loved. I'm loved by God. And some people don't include me in their plans. And you know what? That hurts my feelings. But it doesn't become toxic because I know who I am. I'm part of God's plan. Ephesians 2.10 says God created me with purposes that he designed for me before time began. So it hurts my feelings when somebody leaves me out of their plan, but it doesn't become toxic because I know who I am. I'm part of God's plan. And some people, like, have a low opinion of me. Like, they don't, they don't, they don't think I can do anything right or something like that. And that, that hurts my feelings that they think that of me. But it doesn't become toxic because I know who I am. And I know what I'm capable of. Philippians 4.13 says I can do everything through Christ. So they, that hurts, but it doesn't become toxic because I know who I am. And you know, some people think I'm full of beans. Some people think I'm full of beans. There's mixed opinions about what I'm full of. Some people think I'm full of sin or stupidity or whatever. But as much as that hurts me when people think that, it doesn't become toxic because I know who I really am. Romans 8 tells me that I'm a child of God. I know who I am. I know where I fit. I belong to his family, right? Right along with Jesus, it says, I'm an heir to God's glory. So when we know who we really are, then other people's opinions of us might hurt. But they can't hijack our lives. And they can't make us toxic. I think, I think knowing who you are really helps you to keep from becoming toxic. But I also think in another way, because sometimes, you know, somebody will say, um, this toxic person has hurt me so bad that I, I can't stop myself from seeking revenge, right? Or I'm so broken from the abuse of my dad that I can't stop myself from continuing this horrible legacy. These, these toxic people, they make me toxic. I can't, I, nothing I can do. I can't love, I can't be happy, I can't have peace, I can't be kind, I can't control myself. But if you really know who you are as a Christian, if you really understand that the Spirit of God lives in you, then you know he's empowering you. He know, you know that he, he's, he, you can do all things through him. His spirit is planted in you. And Galatians 5 tells us that the fruit that grows out of that spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's all in you. That's all growing out of you. And when you see who you really are, that his spirit is doing that and causing those things to come out of you, then you realize that you can do that. When you know who you are as a Christian, when you know that you are really filled and led and encouraged and empowered by the same spirit that created everything, by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, then you'll know that nothing is impossible for you. So when you know who you are as a Christian, actually you can stop yourself from seeking revenge. Actually, you can love again, even after someone hurts you. When you really know who you are as a Christian, 
really you can have a great relationship now even though you had a toxic relationship in the past. When you know who you really are as a Christian, you're full of his spirit. One of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So you really can repay evil with good, right? When you, when you know that the spirit is in you, they can't keep you from having love and joy and peace in your life. When you know who you are in Christ and you know that, that stuff is growing out of you, you really can find joy. You really can find peace. You really can overcome your temptation to strike back at them. You really can pay child support to a toxic ex-wife. You really can stop the ugly legacy of child abuse. You really can, when you really know who you are in Christ, you really can refuse to become toxic as a result of a toxic relationship. You're, You're a child of God. Nothing is impossible for you. And that is true. And it's always true. But that truth only matters if you know who you are. So if we want to keep ourselves from becoming toxic as a result of these toxic relationships, we got to see people as who they are. And we got to know who we really are. And we have to trust who God is. I think when we really trust who God is, then we don't, we don't need to strike back. Right? When we really trust who God is, we don't need to act out. When we really know and trust who God is, we don't need to be afraid or we don't need to become toxic because we can rest in the trust. That is such a good statement. We can rest in the trust. Say this with me. We can rest in the trust that our God will take care of justice. Right? God will make things right. His justice will prevail. So we can rest in our trust that God's going to make things right. We can rest in our trust that God's going to protect us and provide us and take care of us even if we have to separate from our toxic joy suckers. We can rest in our trust that our God will empower us with wisdom and and power and self-control so that we don't become toxic ourselves. I think this was David's key. I think this is how David did it. I think he saw who Saul really was. I think he knew who he really was. But I think the key to him not becoming toxic is he really trusted who God is. And he wrote about this in Psalm 37. Um, This is, man, if if you're going through something with somebody mistreating you, I'm telling you, Psalm 37 is your chapter. You really should read it. Think think about this. Here's David. He's, He's done nothing wrong. God's called him to this amazing life. He's just trying to live the life that God's calling him to. And then here's Saul chasing him down, trying to kill him, trying to keep him from becoming what God wants him to be, trying to take his life away from him. That's that's David's life. And again, now superimpose your life over that, right? God's called you to this amazing life and he's got this big calling on you to do these amazing things and become this amazing person and live this extraordinary life. God's called you to that, but here's this toxic joy sucker trying to ruin your life and keeping all those things from happening. And so David writes this amazing chapter about what's going on in his life and maybe what's going on in your life. So let me read a little bit of this to you. This is Psalm 37, um, verse one says, don't worry about the wicked. See, I want you to see how he's trusting who God is. He doesn't have to retaliate. He doesn't have to be scared. He trusts who God is. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him 
and he will help you. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people that prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Verse 17. The strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Man, when toxic people try to hijack our lives, we don't need to worry about justice being done. We don't need to retaliate. And we don't need to become afraid. And we don't have to become toxic because we can trust that our God will make things right, that our God will take care of us, and that our God will give us everything we need to live the life that he calls us to, and that life is not a life beaten down by a toxic joy sucker, and that life is not a life where we become a toxic joy sucker. It's a, it's a life of purpose and power and peace. It's a life that's rich and satisfying and abundant. That's the life that Jesus died to give us. And that's the life that he wants for you. Let's pray. Father, first of all, I just thank you because you've called each one of us, just like David, each one of us has a purpose in our life. Each one of us has a calling on our life. Each one of us is part of your plan. When we look back on the word millions of years from now, we'll see that we actually had a part in it, just like David did. We are part of your plan to redeem the world. So Lord, thank you for trusting us with that. Thank you for giving this huge, important calling on each one of our lives. But Lord, we know there are gonna be people that are gonna come along that are toxic, that are trying to keep us from becoming who you want us to become and trying to keep us from doing all the stuff that you've called us to do and try to keep us from living this awesome life that Jesus died to give us. And when they do, Lord, and we don't want to become toxic. We don't, we don't want to retaliate. We don't want to take it out on somebody else. We don't want to never be able to love again because we're afraid. God, we, we want to go on and live the life that you've called us to. So when this happens, when toxic people come into our lives, will you please just help us to see who they really are? That they are, they're broken, but they're still people. And they're, they're, they're created in your image. And so even though we may have to keep a safe distance from them, we owe them the honor and the respect and the dignity of someone that's created in the image of God. Help us to see who they really are. And God, help us to remember who we really are, even though they try to convince us that we're less. Lord, will you help us to remember all the promises of your word about who we are in Christ. And Lord, even though we may be afraid about being separated from them, even though we may be afraid that justice will never be done, even though we may be afraid that we can't do it without them, Lord, we just remind us to trust who you are, to really see that you will prevail, your justice will happen, that you will take care of us, and that you will empower us so that we don't become toxic joy suckers, and so that in fact, we can live this amazing life you've called us to. We can do all the things that you created us to do and we can just go on and become the people that you've called us to be. Lord, we do all that through the power of your spirit living in us. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.